What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Thomas Robertson, and this is episode 20 of Outside the Glass, the big 2-0. We are back, and we are back just in time for the Stanley Cup Final. Yes, it is here, the most wonderful time of the year, and we've got a very, very intriguing matchup, and one that probably nobody predicted at the very beginning of the season. Uh, We have the Vegas Golden Knights having a home ice advantage uh, playing the Washington Capitals, and the Stanley Cup's going to have a new team name on it by the end of by, by the end of this series. Neither of these franchises, obviously, the Golden Knights in their very first uh, season as an NHL team, uh, and then the Washington Capitals, forty-three years of existence with no Stanley Cup to show for it. So, one of these teams is going to have their name engraved on the cup for the very first time, uh, and it's very exciting, especially. When you look back these past uh, past ten years or so in the NHL, we've had a lot of uh, of repeat winners. The Chicago Blackhawks uh, running things for a little while. Penguins with back to back Stanley Cups. Los Angeles Kings have been in the mix as well, winning a couple cups. So this is going to be really interesting to see a couple teams that have never been there. Uh, it's great for the NHL. I think that it's drumming up a lot of outside engagement from people that are not normally fans of the league. They definitely want to see uh, how how this plays out, especially with the Golden Knights, but also with the Washington Capitals, um, and and especially that storyline as well. With obviously the Golden Knights are are going to attract that attention just because of nat- nationally and throughout all different ty- type of sports, just how incredible of a story it is. But also with the with the Ovechkin story and him never winning a cup and him finally being there for the first time, I think that is something that's attracting fans from outside the league. So it's going to be a great matchup, um, front to back, really. Uh, so many interesting storylines. But first, let's just get into to the raw meat and potatoes of it. The uh, comparing these teams position by position. Uh, and both of these teams have a lot of talent, especially the Golden Knights for having to acquire that talent through the the limited expansion draft process. There's been a lot of complaints about the expansion draft process and it being too easy for these guys to get good talent, but I think that's just a ridiculous argument to make. Uh, they just really worked it well and, and got some great players that I think were not being recognized as such. It's not like they went out and got all-star players, you know, they weren't really able to get top six forwards or top four D-men from any team. So I don't know how you could say the system is rigged. They just did a great job of putting together a team that's meshing really well right now. So you look at the forwards for both of these teams, the top six forwards have been really getting it done for these teams. Obviously that top line for Washington, Alex Ovechkin, uh, he has 12 goals this postseason, 22 points, career high marks on both of those statistics for Ovechkin in the postseason. And Evgeny Kuznetsov, Washington fans have always known his skill and his speed, but I think this is really a com- this postseason has been quite the coming out party for him, uh, showing that he is an all star in this league, a true superstar. 
and people are finally seeing that out of him. He has had an absolutely incredible postseason on a 10-game point streak right now. Uh, and then Tom Wilson as well on the, on the right wing for that top line for Washington. Uh, extremely physical presence. Uh, actually ha- had a fight last game with uh, Braden Coburn, uh, Brent Coburn of, of, of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And 29 hits last series leading the team for Washington. Uh, so he is just a physical force to be reckoned with, and he really opens up a lot of ice for those two all-star Russians of, of Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. So a really good fit on that top line that Washington coach Barry Trotz has worked out. And then you got Jacob Braun on the left wing uh, on that second line, a really a young, rookie, speedy guy. He has a lot of speed, and he scored some huge goals for this Washington team this postseason. Nicholas Backstrom in the center position. On that second line, we all know what he can do. He's a magician and a, and a superstar in his own right in terms of his playmaking ability, ability to pass the puck, and then TJ Oshie uh, on the right wing on that second line. So that top six for Washington is really, really strong, uh, and they've all shown up, TJ Oshie especially getting some big goals uh, down the stretch in that Tampa Bay series. So so this top six is clicking for Washington on the Golden Knights side. Um, really guys that have just proven that they should not have been up for grabs in this expansion draft. Jonathan Marcheseau on that left wing, William Carlson, uh, really just a fantastic season for William Carlson centering that top line. Him and Marcheseau have just developed a chemistry so quickly. And these two guys have speed and they really know how to put the puck in the net. Great goal scorers. Uh, And Marcheseau especially, eight goals this postseason uh, after having none in the first series, has proven to be an X factor for these Golden Knights in the last two series, scoring huge timely goals for them. Uh, and then Riley Smith on the right wing, really good speed guy, uh, and it just really knows how to play with those two superstars from Marsha Show and Carlson on the top line. Second line, you got that veteran James Neal, that veteran presence on the left wing. Uh, Obviously, we know what he can do in terms of goal scoring and a really great uh, hockey IQ. Gets into position really well and can bang in front of the net and get some dirty goals. Eric Howla, uh, great season for him as well, centering that second line. And David Perrone, um, no goals yet this postseason, but he is a very dangerous player. Very high skill level. Um, and, and this second line is very dangerous for Vegas. This top six, obviously, I think... Maybe a slight advantage to Washington, but ultimately I think these two top top six groups are going to come close to canceling each other out. So depth scoring is going to play a huge role in this series, I think. And you look at the bottom sixes here. Andre Burakovsky, very interesting player and storyline for the Washington Capitals to move forward in into this Stanley Cup Finals. He, he's a young guy, 23 years old, uh, but he has a lot of speed. And he has a very dangerous wrist shot and release. And we saw that in Game 7 against Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference Final, getting his first two goals of the postseason in Game 7, uh, in the biggest game of his life. Comes up and gets two goals, and they it's on display. His skill set's perfectly on display in both of those goals, both a purely a result of his speed and his wicked wrist shot. And, and for him, it's all about confidence. He actually came out before game five and said that he's way too hard on himself and he hired a sports psychologist because of that, because of how critical he is of himself and how he can get down on himself quickly. 
Uh, it looks like it's worked out for him so far. His confidence looks to be uh, much improved as he also had a pretty good game in Game 6, getting a couple of dangerous scoring chances and then converting on, on those chances in Game 7. So it'll be interesting to see uh, he's really playing well uh, and he could very well be a difference maker in this Stanley Cup Final Series. Lars Eller took the place of Nicholas Backstrom when he missed a few games because of a hand injury and played absolutely fantastic. Lights out hockey, a uh, real good power forward at that center position, plays a different game than Backstrom, more physical, less of a finesse pl playmaking type of player. He really gets those dirty areas uh, and is able to put the puck in the net. So played a really great game, fits really well in this third line for Washington. Played a really good few games, I should say, with Backstrom out. Did have a couple of games where he actually took five penalties in two games in the Eastern Conference Finals in games four and five. So that's got to stop. Uh, and it looks like it has the game six and seven stand out of the box. But he's going to be a huge player for this Washington team as well. And then Brett, Brett Connolly has actually scored a couple of timely goals for this Washington team in this postseason. A huge goal in that Pittsburgh series. Uh, and also got one in this in this Lightning series in in a loss eventually to Tampa Bay, but scored a big goal when they were down three nothing to give him some life. Um, so that third line, centered by Lars Eller, especially anchored by him with with that skill of Andre Burakovsky. If that shows up in the Stanley Cup final, that could be a difference maker. And then that fourth line, Chandler Stevenson on the left wing, has really come uh, come out this season as somebody that's going to be a weapon for this Washington team in the future. He uh, came out of nowhere this season, got called up from Hershey, uh, didn't didn't perform that well. They sent him back down, and then he's been hungry ever since. Uh, ever since he got back into the lineup and got a chance, he has been lights out using that speed uh, and has scored some huge goals, scored a shorthanded goal against Columbus uh, that really helped this team out. And he has just done incredible things. I mean... In this Tampa Bay series, in Game Six, Devonte Smith Pelly scored a huge goal. That second goal uh, to really take the win out of Tampa Bay's sails. It was Chandler Stevenson that hustled all the way down the ice using that wicked speed to to cancel out on the icing, and then eventually makes a beautiful behind the back pass right in the slot. Devonte Smith Pelly buries it, so that was a huge play. And he he's come up with plays like that all postseason. Jay Beagle, veteran for Washington, has been around this team for forever. He's physical, great face-off guy as well, and he, and he always keeps those feet moving on the forecheck. Great forechecking center and, and a great face-off guy. And then Devontae smith Pally, absolute physical presence for this Washington team. Uh, and he can bury the puck. He's had some really skilled goals this postseason, especially in the Tampa Bay series, scoring a couple of huge goals uh, in games two and six. So... Really good bottom six for Washington. That's really clicking, firing on all cylinders. But then you look at the Golden Knights uh, and, and Ryan Carpenter, Cody Egan, Alex Tuck third line, and especially Alex Tuck. I mean, his speed uh, and playmaking ability and ability to put the puck in the net it is going to be huge for the Vegas in this series. They really need him specifically on this third line, as well as a young guy in Cody Egan who's got a lot of skill centering that third line. He's going to be able to have to make some plays to find Alex Tuck uh, and, and put him in situations where he can use his speed and his finishing ability. And I think Alex Tuck is going to be a guy to watch in terms of the depth scoring battle for Vegas. And then you look at Ryan Reeves, who scored uh, a huge goal, the game-winning goal uh, in Game 5 
of that Western Conference Final, getting a tip in front of the net. Did not play for this Vegas team uh, for most of the postseason, but comes in during that Western Conference Final and proves to be a difference maker, a really physical guy, uh, and he can really bang with the best of them in front of the net. It gets to those dirty areas in the slot, and he is going to be another guy to watch as well. Very physical battle, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that line come out against that top of Etchkin line and see Ryan Reeves matching up with, with Ovechkin, seeing, uh, and also Tom Wilson, seeing those two uh, physical guys battling could be a lot of fun to see. And, and these guys, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, Thomas Nosek as well, no slouches when it comes to being able to make plays and, and get on the floor check as well. So going to be a really interesting depth battle. Again, I think a slight advantage to Washington in terms of how hot these bottom six forwards are. I mean, you look at Burakovsky had – had a couple goals in the Tampa Bay series. Lars Eller had a goal or two in this Tampa Bay series. Brett Conley had a goal in the Tampa Bay series. Uh, Chandler Stevenson made a huge play. Uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly with a goal. So, any any they've had these guys not just the Tampa Bay series. They've had goals all throughout the postseason. They've they've been able to make plays. So, I think give a slight advantage to Washington in the depth scoring department as well. But top to bottom, the key with this Golden Knights group is the fact that they can roll four lines. So consistently, and even when they're down, uh, they don't have to shorten their bench because they roll four lines so well and they're so deep. So that's another more of an intangible type thing to watch with this Golden Knights team that's going to prove to give them an advantage as well. Uh, When you look at Washington, sometimes they get down, they stop rolling that fourth line, Stevenson, Beagle, Smith-Pelly, but that's a huge line for them that they need to be able to play, uh, even though they're not expecting even though they've delivered goals, they're not necessarily expecting goals. Uh, they really look to them for that physical forechecking ability, be able to tire the other team out. But they definitely do shorten that bench when they get into tight situations. Vegas does not really need to do that as much uh, because it's not their style. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch as well. I think you look at these defense groups, and you're going to see a lot, a lot of talent and, and a lot of shutdown ability. And also ability to get up in the play and score goals and make plays as well. You look at this Golden Knights group, the biggest thing to focus on is their depth. Uh, with a guy like Lucas Spisa on the bottom on the on the third pairing, even though he is a guy that, that really plays solid defense and can jump up in the play, has a wicked shot, and can make plays as well. Just a really versatile defenseman, Colin Miller as well on the right side, that third pairing. Uh just a really great defenseman, mobile defenseman. Uh, they know how to get it done on that third line as well. But but you move back up to this top four, Braden McNabb and Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt has been a marvel to watch this entire season for the Golden Knights. Um, very mobile, a lot of speed, but can be very physical on the back end as well. Um, it, and just his attitude as well in the locker room. Always has a smile on his face. Always stays positive, even when times are getting tough. Uh, and his play has just been a real bright spot for this Vegas team. He's so fast, can shoot the puck, make plays, but it's really just his speed moving that puck from from the D zone through the neutral zone has been something to watch for this Vegas team. You look at the second pairing of Shea Theodore and Derek England. Derek England, Vegas native. Uh, this has obviously been an extremely special season for him, and these are two guys that can get really physical uh, on this second pairing, especially Derek England. Uh, he's not going to shy away from matching up with with uh, with a top pairing like Ovechkin, um, playing the body, 
Shea Theodore, also somebody that, that can that can be physical and that can score goals uh, as well. So a really solid defense group that has really shown up and shut teams down in this postseason. Vegas, one of the best defensive teams left in the postseason. But you look at the Washington Capitals, one of the biggest surprises of the entire postseason, and especially with this Capitals team, is how incredible this defense group has been. Um, I think that a lot of people thought that this was going to be a weakness of this Washington team uh, with guys like Nate Schmidt getting taken from the Golden Knights in the expansion draft, uh, Carl Alsner leaving. Um, People thought that this group was going to take a huge hit with those two guys leaving, especially Carl Alsner had been such a presence on that back line for so long. Um, But this team has stepped up in a huge way. Uh, and they've they've been absolutely incredible. Um, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Barry Trotz with some of the strategies that he has implemented. But let's look at this personnel first before we start talking about that. Uh, you got the top line of Michael Kempney and John Carlson. And Michael Kempney has been one of the biggest keys to this Washington defense group's success. Uh, they acquired him at the deadline from the Chicago Blackhawks. Looking to be more of kind of a depth guy, maybe even somebody that wouldn't necessarily uh, get a whole lot of playing time and might even be scratched here and there, but has ended up on the top pairing with John Carlson, and it's been a marvel to watch. I mean, he's so good in every phase of the game. Defensively, he's a big body. He's pretty physical, uh, and he can shut guys down. Great positioning as well. Not afraid to, to get a stick on the ice, get his body out there and block shots, but the biggest surprise for me has been his ability to move the puck uh, through the neutral zone, uh, get it in, chipping pucks to the right position, or skating it over the blue line, or making crisp passes through the neutral zone. And then also his ability uh, to shoot pucks, to shoot to sticks, and to shoot on net. Uh, had a big goal uh, against Tampa Bay in game one. And just get shots through and create some havoc. So he has been really incredible with John Carlson. We all, John Carlson, I mean, we all know what he can do uh, with his wicked slap shot on the power play. Also quarterbacking that power play for Washington, uh, as Nate Schmidt does for Vegas. And, and also uh, just his incredible all-around play. Uh, but really lead, leading this back end and scoring for Washington, a really dangerous weapon. Uh, and then you look at the second pairing, which is really almost kind of acts more like their first pairing because of the minutes that they eat up, is Dmitry Orloff and Matt Niskanen. And Dmitry Orloff, I'll tell you one thing, he uh, is going to be competing for some Norris trophies uh, in his career. Only 25, 26 years old right now. But an incredible defenseman, uh, extremely mobile, has an insane skill level. If you want to see one of the most skilled goals you'll ever see uh, from a defenseman, look at his goal against the Dallas Stars this season uh, to, to just see in truly incredible skill. Uh, and very fast, like I said again. But honestly, I think his biggest strength might even be uh, how physical he is on the back end and how quick he is to get back on the back end. And again, all of these defensemen, but especially Orloff as well, so great at moving that puck through the neutral zone. One of the biggest, uh, most important aspects of a defenseman in today's league is to be able to move that puck from the D zone quickly up through the neutral zone, slicing through that defense and creating some odd man breaks uh, and just some clean zone entries in general. And then Matt Niskanen on that pairing, we all know what he can do coming from Pittsburgh a few years ago. 
31 uh, year old defenseman who is just solid. That's that's really the word that you can use to describe him. Uh, just a solid defenseman uh, and does it all for this Washington team. And then you look at that bottom pair, Brooks Orpik and Christian Juice. Really interesting pairing. They they're complete opposites in terms of their play. Brooks Orpik. Uh, as a stay-at-home defenseman, a very, very, very physical defenseman, and has laid down a lot of hits, especially uh, towards the back end of that Tampa Bay series, one of the difference makers for this team. Uh, and then Christian Juice, rookie defenseman, and he's all about speed and playmaking ability coming out of the back end. Uh, you've seen his development throughout the season of becoming more of a more of an able-bodied defenseman on the back end, but really his skill level is when he's moving the puck through the neutral zone and creating plays in the offensive zone. He's not afraid to show off his skill uh, to make plays, put the puck on net or make a, a really nice move and then try to create space for the other players around him. So it's really tough. I'm going to have to say it's a draw uh, for defense right now with how hot Washington is two straight shutouts against the most, against the highest scoring team in the league at the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, you got to be impressed with what they've done. But with the depth that these Golden Knights have on the back end, uh, it's tough to give the advantage to Washington. So I'll have to go with a draw there. And then you look at these two goaltenders. Uh, like I just said, Braden Holtby, back-to-back shutouts of the highest scoring team in the league, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, so he is obviously starting to get uh, a lot of confidence and really heating up. Very interesting for Braden Holtby. He did not even start in the net for the Washington Capitals at the start of this postseason. Philip Grubauer started games one and two, ended up getting pulled in game two in favor of Braden Holtby. Uh, As we all know, the Capitals dropped those first two games against the Blue Jackets and had to come out of a two-hole series, a 2-0 series hole on the road, games three and four. So very impressive for them. And and a lot of that has to do with the play of Braden Holtby coming in uh, in relief of Grubauer and has started every game since. Uh, absolutely incredible in that and the rest of that, the remainder of that uh, Blue Jacket series. And then I think his best series easily, as you point to that Pittsburgh series, the, his play, uh, that was the difference for, for the Capitals in that series. Holtby was a better goaltender than Matt Murray. And then uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, a great, uh, I wouldn't even say a great, just a solid first two games. He didn't have to do a whole lot uh, just because of how much the Capitals dominated the, the Tampa Bay Lightning in those first two games, uh, but did what he had to do to get the wins. Then had a, a little bit of a rough patch in those three games uh, that they lost back-to-back-to-back against the Lightning. Uh, I wouldn't say bad games. Obviously, he didn't get pulled uh, in any of those games, but... Could have been better, maybe a save here and there that he could have made. Uh, but honestly, it was really more the team in front of him. Uh, not necessarily uh, getting it done, even though the Capitals did play pretty strongly, especially in the offensive zone uh, in those games. But again, Holtby could have made a save here and there, but not really any bad games. Uh, but then again, game six and seven, just absolutely standing on his head to get those two shutouts. Uh, and he has probably been the second-best goaltender in the entire playoffs. You look at all 16 teams, he has probably been the second-best goaltender. But then you look at Marc-Andre Fleury for the Vegas Golden Knights, who has easily been the best goaltender of these playoffs, and I would say the best player of the playoffs. I think he's a Conn Smythe Trophy favorite right now for MVP of the postseason. 
and you just look at his numbers, it's absolutely incredible. 947 save percentage, uh, 168 goals against average right now, uh, and he's just absolutely unbelievable. You look at some of the saves that he made in that Winnipeg series, including that double save on Mark Shifley coming over all the way across his crease to get an incredible right pad save, uh, and he's way out of position. I would say the entire net is open, but he comes back all the way uh, to dive forward uh, and make the save with his chest plate. And that's what really separates Marc-Andre Fleury from the rest of the goaltenders in the league is that he has that battle and that compete level where I think a lot of goalies know that they're not supposed to make certain saves, so they don't even try. Like They'll make the first save, they'll be out of position, and they'll just say, all right, I need my defense to come up big with a, with a nice stick check here or something of that nature. But no, he's going to do whatever he can, no matter what, to try to get back in position. Even if it's guaranteed, oh, it's game over. There's no way he's getting to that. He's still going to try. And that actually ends up causing some absolute highlight real saves, like what you saw against Shifley in that Winnipeg series. And he really does that all the time. You, you see a save like that, and you're like, wow, that is a save of the year candidate. That's a once-a-season type save. No, Marc-Andre Fleury pulls those uh, out of the hat all the time. And it's really incredible to watch. One of the most entertaining players in the league. Uh, to say that about a goaltender is really saying something special. So I have to give the advantage to the Golden Knights on, uh, in goaltending, uh, even though Braden Holby has still had a very solid postseason. Uh, and so looking down the lineup, it's, it's impossible for me to make a prediction just based off of roster because of these, team, these teams are very, very even, honestly, in, in terms of the talent. Uh, I think the Capitals have a little bit more star power, but the depth, I think the Golden Knights may have a little bit more depth, uh, even though the depth players for Washington have really shown up this postseason so far. So it's just impossible for me to make make prediction based off lineup. But a couple of the other interesting storylines in this series to note uh, are just how familiar these teams are with each other. And, uh, you know, you hear those words coming out of my mouth and you say, what, how could they be? How could they have a history? How could they be familiar with each other when it's the first season that the Golden Knights have had? Well, you look at their general manager, George McPhee. He was the general manager for the Washington Capitals for uh, over 17 years. So drafted players like Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, John Carlson for the Washington Capitals. So he is very familiar with this Capitals team, obviously. And then again, talk about Nate Schmidt. Uh, He was a 7th, 6th, 7th. He, he was in the lineup a, a fair amount for the Washington Capitals. I would say he was a 6th or 7th defenseman for the Capitals uh, for a while there and uh, ended up getting nabbed up in the expansion draft. So he is very familiar with this Capitals team. This Capitals team is very familiar with him. Uh, so you look at that, and then you look at Marc-Andre Fleury, who played a huge role in eliminating the Washington Capitals the last two seasons and three times overall in his career if you look at that 2009 series against the Capitals as well uh, with his history with the Pittsburgh Penguins so Capitals team is very familiar and with Marc-Andre Fleury and Marc-Andre Fleury probably haunts the dreams of the Washington Capitals so a lot of interesting history and storylines between these two teams and I think that's going to make it it's going to make it really fun. I'll tell you one thing. It's going to make it almost like a rivalry type of series. I wouldn't be surprised to see if you saw some bad blood uh, from these two teams, if you saw a very physical series. Uh, and it's just going to be really fun to watch. 
especially this Mark Andre Fleury battle. I mean, he's been in the head of these Capitals for so long. It'll be interesting to see if it makes a difference him having the Golden Knights sweater on uh, instead of the Penguin sweater. But you just look at those numbers: nine forty-seven percentage, one six eight, uh, and then you look at the Capitals who have the best shooting percentage uh, of any team in the postseason. Something has to give there. Um, so it will be interesting to watch uh, if the Capitals are able to light up the the Golden Knights like they have with so many other teams. And then Nate Schmidt, can he continue his incredible play? Uh, even though the Capitals really know what to look for with his skill set. So it's going to be fun. George McPhee, obviously, you'd think he'd know a lot about this team as well for being a general manager for them for so long. Um, and it's just going to be really fun to watch. Uh, in terms of, of just the style of play as well, you're looking at more of a physical group with the Capitals and more of a speedy group with the Golden Knights. Um, so that's another fun matchup to watch right there. It's kind of a kind of a speed versus versus physicality matchup as well. And one of the biggest storylines coming in, I mentioned it earlier at the beginning of, of the show, is Alex Ovechkin, you know, 13 years in the league, uh, no Stanley Cup to show for it had never even appeared in an Eastern Conference final until this season and ends up he, he's now 1 and 0 all time in Eastern Conference finals. Um, and it seems like the hockey gods have just been throwing uh, every challenge that they could possibly think of. Um, every everything that, they're basically saying, "Oh, these ghosts, these demons of the past, you're going to have to get by them to get to the cup final." Uh, in that first round it was a, a 2-0 deficit. Uh, he had to get through that. Second round, obviously, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they see them so much in the postseason, and it, it only f- it's only fitting that Ovechkin had to get past them to to uh, move on to that next level. And then it was a Game 7 in the third round. The Capitals 4-11 and all-time in Game 7s. Um, and Ovechkin only a 3-7 and record in Game 7, so he had to get past that hurdle. And now he finds himself in the Stanley Cup Final, and it's Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, a goaltender that has stymied him in the past in the postseason. Uh, and as Ovechkin is 0-3 all-time against Marc-Andre Fleury in playoff series. So it's just another obstacle that Ovechkin is going to have to, to hurdle. Um, and I would not be surprised to see Ovechkin at, at, at his peak performance and playing the best hockey that he's ever played in his life at 32 years old, which is what you've seen from him already this postseason with 12 goals. A uh, really incredible number. So there's just so much to look out for. And I think one other thing that, that I have to point out that I think is going to be one of the biggest difference makers of this entire series is the special teams battle, especially uh, the Capitals power play versus the Golden Knights penalty kill. Uh, the Golden Knights are killing 83% of their penalties. That's the best uh, of the remaining four teams, or they don't remain anymore, but of the four teams that made it to the Eastern uh, uh, to the conference finals, the Golden Knights uh, had the highest kill percentage at 83%. It's a very uh, respectable number, and the Capitals were leading all teams in the conference finals uh, with power play percentage at nearly a 30% conversion rate on the power play, which is an incredible mark. So something's got to give in that respect too, uh, and I think the team that prevails on that side is going to have a huge advantage in this series. So those are a few things to look for in this series, and it's going to be a battle. I've never looked forward to, I mean, obviously, as a Capitals fan, 
Uh, uh, this is going to be my my most anticipated Stanley Cup final uh, of my life. But that aside, I think that this is probably the most exciting Stanley Cup final matchup uh, that the NHL has seen in at least 10 years. Uh, but probably even going back farther than that, it, it might be the most anticipated Stanley Cup final of all time. When you look at the fact that an expansion team, a first-year expansion team, is in the Cup final and, and has a legitimate chance to win it, unlike in 1968 when the Blues made it, uh, the whole other conference was made up of all expansion teams. So one of them was going to make it, and they ended up getting swept in that series. This is not the same thing as that at all. Uh, the Golden Knights are a legitimate Cup contender, uh, and they're facing another team that has never won a Stanley Cup in the Capitals, and a generational player uh, such as Alex Ovechkin, who has been criticized his whole career for never getting to the to the promised land. So I just think that those things really make it a really special matchup for the Stanley Cup Final, and I'm truly getting chills just talking about it. I cannot wait for the Stanley Cup Final. I hope you guys are excited, as excited as I am, and I hope that I was able to give you some interesting insight and things to look for with this series. I can't give a prediction uh, as to the outcome of the series. I just can't do it to myself as a Capitals fan. Don't want to. I can't jinx anything. I can't. I can't I can't put that on me right now. I, I can't give you a prediction, but just know that I think it's going to be an incredibly close series. I would not be surprised to see it go seven games, uh, and I'm just really excited to watch these teams square off in the Stanley Cup Final. That's going to do it for Episode 20 of Outside the Glass. Thank you so much uh, for sticking with me. Uh, I'm Thomas Robertson, and have a great rest of your day.